Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the STEM Talks podcast. I'm Diane from the STEM Plus PH team, and today we want to talk more about how STEM education can seem so popular, although um, we assume that it's only for those who are in the STEM track or those who are in the K-12 program. But over the years, STEM has grown into a more diverse field where it has interconnected with other different fields, especially in the arts. So you can combine STEM with anything nowadays, for example, like animation, science communication, even podcast editing, data visualization, and many more. So we also want to thank our creatives in the field of STEM for uh, bridging STEM and the arts and making this world not only better, but also more beautiful and to help people understand STEM better. So. We invited our creatives in STEM to talk more about what it's like being a creative and how it's like working in STEM advocacy. So we have G Encarnacion and Jacob Ferrer. So maybe you guys can introduce yourself. G, maybe you'd like to start. Okay. Hello, I'm Gian Encarnacion. I'm an artist and designer. So I usually separate my art and my design work. So art is more like my personal artistry, but then my focus on art, it, I usually combine like the spiritual and the sciences. I like to think it that way, like two opposing forces most of the time. But then usually it has like botanical elements. And then for my design side, I usually work for like more on STEM agencies. So I work for STEM PH as a communications assistant. Uh, and then I also work for the UP Resilience Institute as a senior design specialist. So in the UP Resilience Institute, we focus on disaster risk management and how to deal with crisis, pandemic. So we come up with policies, plans, or anything. But then because my division, it's the creatives, the research and creative work. So we don't just publish like, uh, papers, paperwork, but we try to come up with creative solutions on how to help the public with the public and like government officials work with disaster risk management protocols. So hello, that's me. Well, thank you, G, for sharing that. What about you, Jacob? Maybe you'd like to also introduce yourself a bit. All right. Hi, I'm Jacob Ferrer. I'm an audio engineer. So what that means is that I edit and process different kinds of audio like music, with songs, I mix and master songs and I also edit voiceovers for stuff like commercials and advertisements and I'm also the editor of this podcast. Yeah. So my job is basically to make things sound good or make things sound more professional so that they can be released to the public and i'm also a musician and a music producer and i'm also an aspiring lawyer i just graduated law school and i hope to be taking the bar exams soon so yeah thanks jacob rooting for you also in your law school um i just like to ask also what got you interested in 
becoming an audio engineer. Like, I, I guess it's always been there. I mean, the editing, the... I mean, how when people edit sounds or podcasts like this, it's been there. So maybe, like, we'd want to know how you got interested in this field and maybe, like, how did you also learn about it? Did you train yourself or did you take classes? Yeah, so I always loved music as a child. So I've started learning the piano, for example, and the guitar at like age five, age five, age six. And then there came a point when I got my first laptop. And in that laptop, there was this program. It was a MacBook. So there was this program called GarageBand, which basically allows you to record different kinds of audio and edit it like so that meant that i could record whatever music that i wanted to like i, rec- I could record uh, my my guitar for example and then make a song out of it so that opened up uh, this curiosity in me so i wanted to figure out how i could make songs make full-length songs and stuff like that so i just had a deep dive into the program and explored it and then that was when I was around 15 years old. I was in high school. And back then, I didn't know anyone else who was into that program or who was editing music on a computer because all of my friends, all of my music friends were like just playing live music. They didn't really record them and stuff like that. So I didn't really have anyone to ask about how I could use the program. So what I did was just, I just looked up videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, I just researched online and yeah, I got to learn more about the program. And then I honed my skills in audio engineering through that. And then, yeah, I didn't really take any courses for it or go to school for it. I was mostly self-taught. It's a product of research and exploration into the program that I was using. So yeah, that was how I got interested in it. It was a result of my love for, for music that got me into audio engineering. Thanks, Jacob. I think we all, well, you, me, and G, I think we all grew up in that stage of, oh, new technology, let's explore it. Let's discover what apps are here. And then just led you to like, something that you eventually just fell in love with. I don't know if you felt that. Because when you mentioned about the MacBook also, like the garage band and all of that, wow, this is cool, but this kind, the software or the application can produce something like that. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, I found it really cool as a, teen, a young teenager. <laughs> That's <laughs> that true. I had nothing to do at home. <laughs> so I took up a lot of my time also. Yeah, that's so true. Jacob, do you use Ableton? I do, but I rarely use it. Like I use Logic what? Pro more because it's Apple. Oh, because like GarageBand and Logic Logic Pro is like the upgraded version of GarageBand, so it was it had it had a familiar oh, okay. UI, so I I, nah. I I could like adapt better to the program rather than Ableton, yeah. which was a, a totally new oh, UI. That's so cool. But, but thank you, Jacob, for sharing that. It's also interesting that, I mean, to also share your story with us, like how you got into, how you got into, how you ended up interested in music, also becoming an audio engineer. So I want to also get to know more about UG. Like, 
Um, you mentioned that a lot of the work you do also involves the Philippine uh, it, uh, botany or biology. Maybe you can share more about your inspiration, also your creative process behind these as well. Maybe like also your experience as a designer in different STEM organizations. Oh, okay. So, because my entire family, they're all in the medical field. So my dad was a cardiologist, my mom is a nurse, and also a lab supervisor. My brother is studying to be a doctor. And then everybody else, like my dad's side, they're all medicine. So like growing up, it was just really medicine. Like going to the hospital, mm-hmm. having like relatives and ninos and ninangs as like doctors. So that was like my entire world. But then at an early age, my parents saw that I had like a talent for art. So my mom enrolled me to like art lessons. And then from then, I realized, oh, I really like doing art. And then initially, I was like, yeah, but I love art, but I feel like I'm going to be a nurse. Because my mom was a nurse, so I was like thinking now, oh, I have to be like my mom. But then I discovered digital art, so like technology. As in the early days of web design, like 2000s web design, sparkly cursors, yung customizable scroll bars, those, the, and yung mga glitter gifs. So I fell in love with like digital art and meeting people across the world. And I was like exposed to different types of art forms. Now, oh, you don't have to always just be a painter. To, to pursue a career in the arts. And then from there, I was introduced to graphic design. And then I just, as an Aquarius, <laughs> as a rebellious Aquarius, I said, I'm going to be an artist a graph- or a designer. I don't want to be part of um, the science field. You know? But then as I grew older, I felt like I couldn't just let go of the sciences because like growing up my mom would buy a lot of scientific encyclopedias almanacs and i really loved learning i really loved i love the illustrations actually for those so far i couldn't just let go i couldn't pursue a purely creative career just yet but i had to include the sciences with it and then eventually i had i was like no i have to make it work i have to make my interest in the sciences and art and design connect. And then I recently discovered that there's a thing called science communication. And then I, I actually got into STEM, like design in STEM, like this year only. Oh, no, 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 last year. Because until last year, I was still figuring out what type of design I wanted to do. Do I want to do branding? Do I want to do typography? or what types of clients do I want to work with. And then, Diane made, <laughs> Diane was sharing Pinaiskin STEM. And then, Shampre, me, I, I really loved, first of all, it's like, yes, go women, Filipino women. And then, it's in the sciences, plus the way it was presented, like the design of it, it was just so good and eye-catching. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. So I messaged Diane, I was like, hey girl, <laughs> are there openings? And then it so happened also that I have a high school friend. She she posted an opening for the UP Residence Institute, and it, it it was for a project dealing with COVID. And so I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. 
And then later on, parang I realized na okay, if I want to design, I want to design for advocacy work. And then after that, after working for UP and for STEM PH, that's when I realized na okay, I want to do advocacy work, but specifically in STEM. Because it's like, while I'm making the designs, I'm also learning. And it's like opening my mind all the time. So it's it's just amazing. For her art, man, it's so funny because the way I got into like botanical art or like incorporating biological or botanical elements in my work was because I had to make a tarot deck. So that's like so anti-science. It's like anti-science, but that's how I got into like learning more about flowers because I made a tarot deck for. I know it's tarot, but I'll say tarot deck. I had to make a deck for bad students, like a risograph tarot deck, and I wanted it to be like a localized version of the the characters featured. So I had to incorporate like local flora and fauna, and then, but then when I did it, I didn't want it to be like I don't want it to just appropriate culture, our culture. So I had to really study what those flowers were, what those. Plants that I was putting in, and then that's when I was like, "Oh, it's so nice to do this conservation work, you know, like raising awareness on the rich flora and fauna that we have." And so there's like a lot that we don't even know. Like we have a lot of hoya plants. Like we have one of the biggest hoya species in the world, and we don't we like we, it's like not common knowledge, and it's sad because it's so abundant. So there, that's the art. Design STEM journey. Thanks, G. I I can I mean I can relate with you more. I mean on the parang your mom gave you all those almanacs and encyclopedias. I can own. I, I wouldn't even read them. I just look at the illustrations. Wow, oh, this is so nice, right? Parang, and then, I mean I know we've had discussions before. Like it would be nice if like the Philippines produced their own and very specific to the Philippine context. Like the even how the illustrations of the people would look like. like It look they look more like us. I think that would have been something that that's great. So maybe that can be your next project, you know. <laughs> but truly, but yeah. Thank you, thank you so much, G, for sharing. So I'd also like to ask you, maybe like, or maybe Jacob can also answer. Um, what was your perception of STEM before you got into this kind of like working here in STEM plus PH, or maybe even back when you were studying, or before you even picked the college course? Yeah, I really had limited knowledge about STEM. Like before I was involved here with STEM plus PH, I did not know the, what the full acronym STEM meant. Like I just knew what S&P meant, science and technology. I didn't know what EM meant. <laughs> <laughs> so I really oh had not, I didn't know much about it. So, and like, I only knew about STEM because of the K-12 program. Like I knew it was a track for senior high school students to take. But other than that, I really didn't know much about it. Like, I could only guess that it involved something about science education and stuff like that. But other than that, I really did not know much about it. But after being involved here with STEM plus PH, it opened a whole new world for me. Like, I learned so much about STEM uh, because I edit all the podcast episodes. I get to hear all these guests and their insights about STEM, especially the students and the professionals of STEM. So I got to learn a lot about it, which was very eye-opening for me. It was very insightful. 
Yeah, I remember we were telling you, Jacob, hey, that, what you're doing is actually STEM. Like, you know, the audio engineering, stuff, editing podcast. Like, that, that is STEM. And you were like, so shocked. Pa. Well, really? That's STEM. Pala. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know at all. <laughs> I didn't know STEM was that, like, pervasive into these many fields and, and life in general. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. What about what about you, G? Like, what are your perceptions about STEM before you got? I mean, I know you were exposed to it, but maybe like, if you had other perceptions, maybe you can share with us also. I think I was always like one foot in all the time because I thought I was gonna go med. Like after graduation, I had the med crisis. I was like, should I have went to med school? And then because I also do web development. So I know um, a bit of programming, mostly front-end development. So it was always one foot in, but I felt like it was very black and white. Okay, I'm interested in web coding, but I'm a designer. Like, no, I'm a graphic designer. I guess I felt like I had to always separate myself. Like I couldn't be a merge of the two, something like that. Or just because when I wasn't certified in college, like I can, I can code websites, but then I wasn't certified in college, something like that. So I would always be like, "Yeah, I'm interested, but I'm not part of that kind of, you know, approach." But then, like in recent times, where oh, you can be both. Like you can be in STEM while being a designer because you're a designer for STEM. So it's like, oh, damn! I don't know that. That's true. I mean. I think, well, as a fellow creative also, I guess, parang you always feel like you have to be just in one path. Like, you're either in graphic design or branding. Or you're yeah. not like you're in just videos. You're in um, podcast editing. Parang, I think it's so hard to find that connection. I mean, it's not hard, but like, you, you find it still difficult to grasp. Parang, okay, I, I can, I'm still a person in STEM because I do this. Like I, the skills are STEM-based. Are STEM also the organization or wherever you're working in. So parang there are a lot of things that we didn't know back then. I think like when we see arts, because it's always humanities, it's just in the arts area. Like yeah. it's like, how do you combine it with other fields? But like, I think science or STEM is maybe one easiest way, but it's the one that, okay, it's, you can combine arts and, or the create, creative yeah. side and STEM. Maybe you can also share what's one thing that you wish you also realized sooner, maybe after working in STEM, like not just here in the in STEM plus PH, but with your other organizations. Don't let, I, I wish I didn't let my imposter syndrome get the best of me. Because <laughs> like, for example, in UP, when we have like meetings or anything like that, I feel like I'm sticking out always. I'm like, I'm a designer, I don't know anything. But then they try to talk to me as if like, I know what they're talking. And, then, and instead of me focusing on, okay, uh, I'll just try to learn, I'll just try to grow with this because I'm not an expert and they are, so I have to learn more. I kind of like let that voice inside of me that you're sticking out, like get to me instead. And even like, because I always feel like a phony, like for example, me, my brother, my mom, when you talk about anything medical, I always feel like I'm just, you know the big bird meme? Like the, like a lot of people in the room and then there's big bird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
It feels like me. And then the thing is, I always felt like, oh, they're looking down at you probably because you're sticking out like a sore thumb. But in reality, they don't really care. They're just talking about, you know, they're just talking about what they know. And the fact that they're talking to you about it without making you feel like, like without them having to explain everything like you were dumb or something like that. It's already indicative that, hey, you belong here. Like, I know you can understand that. And yeah, I wish I, I could have stopped that imposter syndrome that you really don't belong here. I could have shoved it out of the window. I just believe that, okay, these people think that you're one of them. So, you know, just trust that, that you actually belong. Yeah, agree. I, I agree, G. What about what about you, Jacob? Like, is there something that you wish you realized sooner after working in like STEM advocacy or in STEM? I guess what the full acronym STEM means. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but really, like we were talking about also a while ago. Like, I wish that I knew that STEM wasn't confined to just our usual perception of it as just like science or math. And that it's really more pervasive throughout lots of different fields. Because I really just thought that it was a purely academic field or academic discussion, I guess. Because I really didn't know anything about it. So I wish I realized that, yeah, it was. it's not what we perceive it to be. Since it's everywhere, like, for example, in, in music, for example, like, I can give an example that, like, Though STEM isn't really perceivable in music since it's involved, it's an art or it's more associated with the arts. There is STEM involved in music because it lays the foundation of music. It's, it, it, it serves as the foundation of music and it answers the question why music is music. Like for example, if I play certain notes on the piano, like, certain, like just random notes, they wouldn't sound good together. They have to be certain notes. That, so that they could sound good. And STEM provides an explanation for this and that like for science and science and the physics of sound, like certain notes produce certain sound frequencies that vibrate in the air to produce pleasant sounds. And through STEM, I guess you can understand you can understand music better. And this is also what music theory is. Like music theory serves as an explanation as to why music sounds in a certain way. So I didn't really make that connection back then that like their STEM and the arts could go hand in hand and they're really in- intricately intertwined in a way. And also in like sound engineering, like what Diane said a while ago, like I, sound, audio engineering is actually STEM. <laughs> I didn't really know that. But like as I looked into it deeper like I had this moment of like questioning myself like what's oh, really STEM music really so like I figured out that like yeah there's a lot of physics involved in it like the physics of sound because yeah I have to like process these sound waves and apply different treatments to it to make them sound better and lots of like tweaking using physics and stuff like that but that helps me edit the audio files to what I want them to sound like. So yeah. So I guess there really is a stigma that STEM is separated from the arts, but it's not really that way. Because yeah, as I said a while ago, like STEM can help you understand your field more. Like for music, it helps it helps you understand why music sounds 
this way and you can use that to like make more music like use that knowledge to make more music so yeah that's what i wish i realized sooner thank you gng hope it's really great to hear how somehow working in STEM advocacy has also shifted your perspectives. Uh, as mentioned Katanina, um, if you're in creatives, it's just creatives. If you're in the arts, you're just in arts. But then somehow both of you have found a way to like connect your passion, like what you're good at with STEM also. So I guess my next question would be, given all these, your perceptions in STEM, how these have changed, how can we also convince other creatives to maybe change this perspective and also participate in STEM? I think it's really, like what Jacob said, like understanding that STEM and the arts, they actually go hand in hand. Like a lot of design is inspired by nature and physics. For example, like the bullet train, the Shinkansen, and the design was based off a kingfisher's beak because the kingfisher's beak was like the best tip to make the speed faster. So it's like, you know, art and STEM, they they both help out each other. And a lot of like artistic elements, because nowadays, if you're, I'm speaking from for a visual arts perspective, we rely on trends. Like usually new artists, they rely on new tre- on trends on Instagram, Pinterest, like visual trends. And it's sometimes a bit hard to find like inspiration that's like true to you. And I feel that by looking at scientific figures or like elements, you can get a lot of inf- like inspiration from it. For example, like the cells, the way it's structured, the way it's arranged, the colors of it, or oh no, um motion, how it's portrayed, like those are elements that you can incorporate in your in your design work. Like I me personally, whenever I have to design something, I usually look at, I don't even look at uh, Pinterest or Behance. I usually look at like nature or science or, yeah, nature science, uh, physics, all the color prism, because more than just the visual aspect, it also doubles as like this function. So it's like every design, uh, every element you put in your work, it serves another function for it. So there, and at the same time, you also learn um, scientific concepts. So while you're finding inspiration for your work, you're also learning more about the world and sciences and how it operates. So there, like, uh, I guess the TLDR the, of what I was saying is, uh, look at science as an inspiration for your creative work. Because at, at the start, you can, you can just look at it for inspiration, but then I think eventually you'll like fall in love with it or be like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, and it's really all about finding like that area of science that you're interested in. So there, that's what I think creatives should do. Yeah, thank you, G. Um, what about what about you, Jacob? How do you think can we get more creatives to participate in STEM and just change this whole perception about it? Yeah. Well, for me, I think a lot of education and like information dissemination should be involved in order to like to stigmatize the usual notion of what STEM is. Because from like my personal experience, I really didn't know what STEM was. I really thought it was just like 
an academic field and that it was more for smart people or like you know it's it's really i really had that stigma in, in me and i feel like if we educate more people just like what this podcast is doing right? like if we educate more people about what stem really is and how pervasive it really is throughout different fields then we can get more people not just creatives but like more people from different backgrounds different fields to be more open about stem to be more enticed to go into stem and not just go into stem as like as a professional in stem like as a scientist or an engineer stuff like that you can be involved as an artist for example like what G and I are doing for this podcast right and for stem plus ph right so i really think it, it, there's a lot of the stigmatizing that needs to be involved and like that can help also reach out to more people and even like create more opportunities for creatives in stem thank you g and jacob that's very true i think one thing also that that will get more people to participate like besides letting them find inspiration or destigmatizing stem in general i think it's also like making them realize that a lot of the creative work we do also involves the stem skills like critical thinking design thinking like the process the creative process behind everything every output you do requires stem so maybe g or jacob you can also share how can like being like working in stem advocacy so far how does or how can Uh, create creativity really benefits them. Like I know I shared earlier, but maybe you can also share your insights. Like with with what Jacob said, in breaking the stigma, science communication is so important. Because, for example, if you were given a document about COVID, and it was just like an academic style type of paper, people would be like, "I don't have time to read this." Like if you were a non-scientific person. You would be like, oh, I don't want to read it. This is an academic paper. I'll probably ask somebody to to just read it for me and then give it like condense me the information and tell me out like straight up. So science communication is super important when you want to communicate because it's the bridge. Eh? It's the bridge to non-scientific people with scientific people. Like there, there's a there, there's a bridge. There's, there needs to be like a connection with the two of them. And people, you should. I mean, with the pandemic and everything, people don't want to to be serious anymore. People just wanna have, you know, their their mental health is just going haywire. So they need relief. They need things that don't seem so bleak. And having and injecting that creativity, it kind of gives them that little spark, or it'll fuel their interest into something. So that's why creativity is so important. And. It's also so important to like design in pre- presenting scientific information because for, for example like in design you have like what you said then uh, you have to consider all these critical thinking skills like what color do I use what what type of layout do I use do I use the Z layout do I put um, the up and down layout like what's the best way to do this and All of those are super. You can't just like get a graphic. You can't just be on a canvas and then slap your information and send it and call it science communication because it's not. 
it's it is it correct? Is it effective for the audience? Do they understand it better? And so it's really important to learn how it will catch the audience eye, but at the same time it the audience will fully understand what the content is. So there, like creativity fulfills such a huge role that it has to be both the the thing, the hook, and at the same time it has to keep the audience engaged to these scientific concepts. Thank you, G. What about you, Jacob? How can or how does creativity benefit STEM from your perspective? Yeah, I like what G said because, like, I really think that creativity and creatives in general play a big role in like science communication, especially for students no? and like younger, the younger generations. Well, I sound old, but like the younger generations, because like you, we have to find creative ways of teaching STEM and like educating kids to catch their attention, like what G said. And make them more interested in STEM, and that way we can break the stigma and have more kids and young people, the youth involved in STEM. Not just and not just as purely in a STEM background, but like what we were talking about a while ago, like people from different fields can also be involved in STEM. So we can show these people, these kids, and everyone in general, like that, like STEM can be everywhere, like in music and art and stuff like that. I guess the goal would be like to make people more curious and to do that, the creativity plays a big role in like catching people's attention and then relaying information to everyone, right? So yeah. That's so true. I think I really like what you said, Jacob, about it's also about letting kids be, like more than creativity, it's also letting them be curious. I think we just allow them to keep asking questions, to keep being curious of their surroundings. But I think that's something that all of us also experience when we were younger. Like, why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Or something like that. But things like that that may seem like, oh, why are you asking that question? But then, you know, as a kid, of course, you'd be curious and you'd want to know more. I like what you said, Diane, that like, we need to spark curiosity in kids because that's how I, I got into audio engineering because I was really curious about this program, the Garage Band, and I, I really wanted, it, it really seemed cool to me. And I, it really made me take a deep dive into it. And also for music, like, I was really curious about music. I saw this, I saw my dad playing the piano one day. And like, I was really curious about how he did it, how he made these cool sounds, right? Then that's how we can get kids to go into STEM or appreciate STEM more, right? To like, make them curious that again. So yeah. true. It's so true, though. I mean, I don't know, maybe GOD, like, they were learning all these softwares before Figma, of course, like Adobe. Yes. <laughs> we had Microsoft Paint or something, or with GIMP. Like, learning yeah. all these softwares when we were younger, I think it really helped, right? It really sparked that interest to, like, as to where we are now. It's like the foundation of, like, our yeah. interests or our career paths, right? But I remember I had, like, like I think my like I I do a lot of visual design, data visualization, and I think what really sparked my interest, like I think, because we were all born in the adjusting to the digital age, pa. So all these new ideas, yeah. the curiosity. But I just I just wish that now, like at least the the parents now to um their children, like they wouldn't 
shame their kids at least if you know they just want to be curious even though it sounds like a question apparently asking that like I hope that they be like oh okay it's like this maybe you can try searching you know it just helps them with you know to remain curious about everything because you know, like science or STEM is like it's it's ever evolving like it 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 can you know it can change through time like like one of the videos we had for Pinais can STEM like a Pinais said what could be A today could be B tomorrow something like that so like things things will constantly change and we need to like adapt to that oh I super kind of agree like I remember because magical family so my mom would explain the heart circulation mm-hmm. but she would do it in such a way that it's like you know how storytelling and then if you're a little kid and then you're curious what's gonna happen mm-hmm. next She did it in that way, na parang oh, and then what happens next? It's like oh, really? Oh, that's so magical! Like it feels magical, and then you end up getting more curious, and then you just keep on like oh, damn! Yeah, I'm so into it now. Yeah, parang parents really play a big role also in like our whole, I guess our whole like journey to our careers or our college courses. If you were given the chance to take up any specific STEM course, like very like the the traditional or conventional ones, I guess, what would it be and why? So anyone, maybe G or Jacob can um, answer that. You know, to be honest, I really didn't see myself in a STEM course back when I was younger, because I was really more into social sciences and the humanities. Like my undergrad was political science, and I was really interested in like politics and history and now I'm in law school and and yeah but I really didn't see myself in a STEM course but I really liked physics though in high school so I guess I would be involved in like physics or maybe like engineering some engineering course like electrical engineering or yeah physics and more which is more focused on like the physics of sound I guess I'm not sure if that's like a major in any college here but that would be interesting yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's such an interesting course I mean combining music talaga and the sciences or STEM so what about UG any specific STEM course oh, I just realized then right now because uh, I also played a lot of instruments growing up so Because I, I was a bassist. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Nice. Let's go <laughs> And well, I also played the violin. Cause it. And then I think the thing that really got me um, interested or like curious is like learning the sound waves that each instrument produces. And when it was like laid out to be visually, I was like, that is so cool. Like, I imagine every time I make a sound, it's like vibrating in the air, and I can see a light. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was just like, that's so cool. That's so yes, cool. I actually, I actually like physics. So yes, I would take physics. But then the obvious answer would be med. I would have been in med or botany or web dev development, like technology. What's that course? IT. IT. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like, I'm just realizing it now. But a lot of those. Scientific kits, mm-hmm. like the child yeah. kits. A lot of them were actually physics. Even the 
Like yung mga science magazines. I don't know. In your high school, did yeah, you have like, you know, science magazines? Yeah, we had those before. Like, and then parang, it's like color experiments, um, yung paper planes. Yeah. yeah. It really starts <laughs> at a young age, no? I mean, to let them be interested in STEM. Tayo, we're growing up with all these softwares and tools for graphic design or maybe music. I guess, I don't know. It's, we're lucky na we experience those at a young, at a young, young age pa lang. So, that's all for this episode. Thank you, G and Jacob, um, for sharing your insights on and experiences on how it's like being a creative in STEM and, of course, the importance of creativity. So, I guess we all share the same advocacy of bringing more people in STEM to debunk or destigmatize these negative perceptions so all Filipinos can join STEM. So again, thank you, G and Jacob, and tune in our next episode as we invite more students, more advocates, and experts in the field of STEM. STEM Talks is powered by STEM Plus PH, the flagship program of UNAM Foundation. Make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast as well as our Facebook page, STEM Plus PH or at stemph.rocks. You can also follow our Instagram at underscore stemph for more updates. Make sure to tag us when you share our episodes and use the hashtags stemph, stemfi, and stemphrock. We can't wait to stemify the future of the Philippines with you.